everyone, Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, zooming in with us and multitasking, we can see you through the <laughs> through the steering wheel. We got Paul DeBruzzo. How are you doing today, Paul? I love technology. I love Apple CarPlay. It's awesome. Don't worry. We're all safe here. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, keep your eye on the road and you can chat with us. That's good. If you're not familiar with Paul, Paul is a a very prolific real estate entrepreneur based out of Southern Ontario. He's an investor, he's a realtor, he's a coach, an advisor, all sorts of folks. He actively invests, he does development projects, he's got multifamily stuff on the go, and residential properties, you name it, he's doing it. Plus, he's a happily married guy with three, according to what you put down here, energetic daughters. How old are your kids, Paul? Six, three. One of them sleeping in the car right now and six months. Oh God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You got your ads full, my friend. Yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. So Paul, what's, if you had to boil it all down to one main thing, what would you say is your magic sauce when it comes to real estate investing? Cause you do a lot of different stuff. You, you seem super active. What's your uh, magic sauce? I think if you're to, to boil it down, it, it's all about problem solving mm -hmm. and, when you're buying your first property, it's scary and you get, you're nervous and you should be. If, if you're not, I have to pinch you to make sure you're human. But once you do one or two of them, it becomes easier. And the way I boil it down is you solve the small problem. And then when you look for something bigger and better, you're looking to solve a bigger and better problem. And usually when you solve bigger and better problems, you get bigger and better money or bigger and better profits. So, you know, my, I was fortunate enough that I, I started early. I bought my first property when I was 24, just turning 25. And I was solving those little problems before I was turning 30. And after I turned 30, it was, I made a little bit of a commitment to myself to make that portfolio bigger and better. Because I had seen the benefits quickly within five years. I mean, it takes three to five years to see real fruit from the tree when you're building a portfolio. But by the time I was 30, I had already seen some of the fruits falling from the tree. I'm like, wow, I'm young. It's early. If I really put my heart and soul into it, I can really set myself up and more importantly, my family up to have a good lifestyle and make life good that way. I mean, money doesn't solve all problems, but it does give you options and options are good. Hey, well, that brings up a really good point there, Paul. And I know you've been coaching and training people a lot as well. And I, I think you yep. guys run a, a club or something like that, but. I've seen over the years that a lot of people are really looking for a quote unquote problem free life. And you're talking about your, your secret sauce is being able to, you're looking for problems that you can solve. So that's almost a 180 from what most average human beings are doing. They're, they're trying to figure out a way to get rid of all the problems in their lives. And on the other hand, I agree a hundred percent with you. The real Success comes from finding those problems and being the problem solver. Yeah, I mean, that's true of any business. If you were uh, starting a business from scratch, if you can go out there and solve enough people's problems, they're going to they're throw money at you. But I mean, it's, it's true in real estate also. And it comes down to another thing I learned from a book I read in my early 20s. I'm sure everyone has seven habits of highly successful people, Mr. Covey. Yeah. Maybe it's on the bookshelf on the back there. And he talked about a thing called responsibility. And I can't draw it out for you here, but if you were to take that word and you go response hyphen ability, 
Yeah. And it's your ability to respond. If you improve that skill, if your ability to respond to problems becomes better than everybody else's, then it doesn't matter what the problem is. You can take it on. And that's why people come to me to solve problems. And that's how we're successful in, in coaching other real estate investors. Because whatever they bring to me, we've already seen it, either in my own portfolio or, or coaching other people. So if you can concentrate on that, it's almost like if you build it, they will come. The better you get at solving problems, opportunities will just kind of fall in your lap. And I said, that sounds kind of law of attraction crazy, but for me, it's true. Yeah. All right, man. So obviously you're, you're a very active guy. You've got the family, you've got the business, you've got the coaching. What does your, what does a week in the life of Paul look like? What are you kind of doing? You're doing a lot, but what, what does it kind of look yeah. like? So I'm up most mornings at between 5 and 5.30. I like to say I'm in the 5 a.m. club so I can get a good 60 to 90 minutes of uninterrupted work done before I get bombarded. Yeah. Let's <laughs> call it with hits and breakfast and getting dressed and off to school, that kind of thing. And once the kids are off to school or daycare or, or whatever, I take a little break. I try and do a little meditation in the morning. And then I do another sort of round, of another 90 to two, 90 minutes to two hours of work in the morning. And that's prospecting, just reaching out to clients, making sure they're okay and dealing with new clients that are coming in, making sure that they have what they need and setting them up for whatever they got to do. And in the early mornings, I'm usually doing high level thinking stuff. So writing creative stuff because I'm most creative in the morning. And I take another break at lunch. I chill out for a bit. If I didn't meditate in the morning, I try and meditate after lunch. So I'm motivated to keep working in the afternoon. And that's my like ADD time. So I like to have these kind of meetings, meeting one-on-one -on -one in person, Zoom calls. If I'm on the road and having to see properties, I always leave it for the afternoon. And one or two nights a week, I, I do evening appointments for people who are working nine to five and need to see me in the evening. But other than that, I like to spend the evenings at home having a, a relatively quiet dinner if you can call it that, with three kids under six, and then hopefully get some rest before bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very cool. One thing that I admire very much about you, Paul, and there's a lot to admire, that's for sure, is that you're a very good marketer. I can't remember exactly how I got on your list quite okay. some time ago, but being a marketer myself, I always appreciate that. Can you talk to us a little bit about about the importance, the impact of marketing in, in your various endeavors and how you kind of caught the bug. Yeah, yeah, I'm smiling and I'm chuckling because you said I'm a very good marketer and thank you for the kind words. I always appreciate compliments, but <laughs> I look up to my mentors and I'm like, guys, I suck at marketing. Like, help me. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's uh, funny. I, I, how think, I think you work with Tom and Nick, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I do, I do. I, I've been there for a long time, and yeah, those I, two guys are. Yeah, I, I met guys them. Are, I met them way back when, and with Dan Kennedy, we're all yes. Kennedy nerds, that's for sure. So, yeah, you you come by it honestly, that's for sure. Yes, those two guys are definitely students of Dan Kennedy, and they've taken that knowledge and really applied it, and the results are there for them. They're incredible at marketing and doing what they do, and I've learned a lot from them, and I I sort of used a, a similar Dan Kennedy model, not to their scale, but, and I add my own individual influence to it. And I find it, in this day and age with social media and, and all the distractions that are out there, 
is one important word you have to be is authentic. You have to be you. You have to be authentically you. And, and if you disguise it or try and change your language or motives to uh, appease a certain group, you, your message fails and you're not being true to yourself. And for me, when I'm brutally honest, I actually look forward to five people hating it and five people loving it. That's when I know I'm on the mark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't please everyone. So there's that, enough that sounds, business. That sounds very Canadian, Paul. That sounds very un-Canadian. <laughs> you know, don't get me started. <laughs> no, but that's that's absolutely true. In fact, Kennedy says the same things. If if you haven't pissed somebody off by noon, you're not trying hard enough, kind of thing. Now, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you're right. It's gotta be a little bit you gotta be willing to tick a few people off. You have to be willing to, to polarize a bit to actually attract your ideal customers, clients, investors, whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah, and I, I don't want to give people the wrong message. There's a lot of social media out there that purposely is, or the message is purposely polarizing to generate a response or outlash. And, and that's not it. I'm just saying if you share what you truly believe and you're honest about it, there are going to be people who don't agree with you. And that's totally okay and totally normal but at least they know who you are. They know what you stand for. And that's what I mean about being authentic. They have to know what you stand for. And just writing that down. Yeah, that's great. Great authenticity. Also consistency. I think consistency is super important. I see so many people that are so hit and miss with what they're doing with marketing that just that consistency is huge as well. So, yeah, I, I learned that the hard way. And that's why we publish a weekly email newsletter. And we just do it every Wednesday. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if it's Christmas, New Year's, whatever. Now we pay someone to do most of the work for us internally because I can't do it. I don't have time for it. But consistency makes a difference. People look forward to Wednesday at noon when my email comes out. Yeah, well, that's huge, right? If you have people actually looking forward to it, you definitely know that you're doing something right. So just on that on that track, you've outsourced a, a lot of the work part of that, but in order to stay authentic, obviously it has to be your ideas, it has to be your content coming through. How do you manage that while still outsourcing things? Well, I, I like, for example, if I'm going to do a, we used to do live events every month. I mean, now everybody's an expert on Zoom, of course, and we've moved our events to webinars. So when, like, for example, when I do a video or when I do a promotion to promote one of my webinars, the next one's on the 26th, we're doing, talking about RSPs and how you use your RSPs to invest in real estate, that kind of stuff. Like, I'll just share with people what I'm doing and what my problem is and what I'm looking to solve from the same content that I'm putting on. I always bring in guest speakers. So I'm moving money from a pension plan that I used to have at my previous full-time job that I've since retired from. And I'm moving it to a self-directed account. And I'm telling people that story and what I'm doing and why. And I'm bringing in experts to actually help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But yes. at the same time, they're helping out the audience too, right? So that's what I mean about authentic. If you share, you're not supposed to know everything. Nobody does. So if you share what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're learning and the people you're learning from, people are going to gravitate to you for information and for honest information. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, definitely. Smart stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, Paul? Time flies when we're having fun. So if people want to find out more about Paul DeBruzzo and, and what you're up to, because you do so many different things, you're 
a superstar realtor, you're an active investor, you're a coach, trainer, all this good stuff. What's the best place for people to go to find out more about you? Yeah, two places. If you want to find out a little bit about me personally, you can go to just my website. It's pauldebruzzo.com, P-A-U-L-D-A-B-R-U-Z-Z-O, two Zs.com. If you want to get one of the cooler tools I have, you can go to uh, freecanadianjvbook.com and you can get my joint venture manual. And that's the biggest question we get for sure is how do you raise money? Totally another topic, but people seem to like that that product. So if you want to get it, get it for free there. And you can jump on my email list also and we can be in touch with each other. Sounds great. Well, keep rocking it, my friend, and keep juggling all these fun things that you're up to. <laughs> and, you know, especially running around with kids in the backseat zonked out. <laughs> multi Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Dave, for the invite and the pleasure to connect with your audience. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.